a tough gig to turn off your child's favorite TV show or maybe prize the gaming device out of their hands. There's a lot of research emerging around the design of certain types of kids' TV shows and video games, how they keep them hooked. And they do it by eliciting responses from the feel-good chemical dopamine in children's brains. Our next guest, Dr. Jen Russell, familiar name and voice to RNZ listeners, is a developmental and community paediatrician in Tamaki, Makoto, Auckland, and she's not a fan of banning these kinds of videos. She's got some different ideas. Dr. Jen Russell joins me now. Kia ora, Jen. Kia ora, Jesse. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Nice to talk to you. And I understand you have some personal experience on this topic. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've got a nine-year-old and a six-year-old boy, and we've had we've you know had to figure out strategies for how to help them navigate this world with lots of screen time and YouTube and that sort of thing. Yeah. So rather than ban my boys from watching TV shows. Um, I've preferred to try and teach them how to identify the characteristics of TV shows that are actually specifically designed to keep them watching, to you know, to hold their attention in unhealthy ways. Why is that a preferable option for you? Well, I think for my boys, you know, we just discovered that if if we tried to ban them from watching something, that'd just increase the the allure even more. So if they were around at a friend's place and they'd never watched, you know, Paw Patrol, for instance, or any of the, those other fast-paced movies, they'd just be absolutely transfixed, and they had no <laughs> no defences, as it were. So I think I think in general, you know, I I felt like it was better to try and equip them with with skills and within reason, of course. You know, I started from when they were about four years old, trying to trying to teach them how to identify shows which do this. And now I've found that you know they're a little bit older, and yeah, it's helping a lot. Yeah, it it works, does it? Because it sounds hard. I yeah. So why don't I just tell you, you know, the three characteristics that I teach them to look for and how I actually show them these characteristics, how I, you know, how I do it in practical terms. Yeah, so, yes, please. Yeah, yeah, so just, in, you know, really briefly, the three characteristics are, you know, firstly, if a video has very fast scene changes, so fast shots, and that makes the video feel quite chaotic. Um, the second is fast talking. So if they find that the characters talk so fast or the narrator is talking so fast, they don't have time to think. And a good test for this is whether, you know, if you pause the video, can they actually tell you what the person just said? And if they can't, then that means the person's talking so fast um, that they don't have any time to think. And then the third characteristic I've taught them to watch out for is uh, gamified sounds. So these are sounds in videos that make the video feel and sound like a, a, a computer game. Um, and I've found that, you know, if you put these three things together, fast shots, fast-talking and gamified sounds. That is a recipe for uh, essentially an addictive um, video um, experience. Um, so what I do in practical terms is, you know, starting from when they were really little, if I overheard them listening to a show like Paw Patrol or something like this, which was going very fast and quite chaotic, what I'd do is I'd pause the video and I'd, I'd tell them, you know, there are three things that, that we're looking for um, which video, you know, which video makers put into a video to, to keep your attention, to hold your attention in an unhealthy way. And this makes it difficult to start watching. So I explain to them what characteristics we're looking for. And then I let the video play for a bit, pause it, and then get them to think, okay, did you see those fast scene changes? Did you hear that fast talking? Can you hear these gamified sounds? 
And I found that if I showed it to them, they, they got it. They could actually, after a little while, they've been able to identify these characteristics for themselves. And that just means that if we do need to turn a video off or to switch to something else, they feel like I'm not just being arbitrary. They feel like, you know, there are some objective criteria here that we're using. And I've just found it a lot easier to, to put boundaries around um, their screen time in that way. Yeah, it sounds very appealing. And, and I guess what you're doing is stopping them from being just a passive consumer. And actually, they, I, I suppose they are watching themselves watching this TV show, video, or whatever it is. Yeah, correct. So the thing is, um, you know, we, we also do things like we'll agree before we turn on the device how long they might be watching for. And we have some, you know, just some house rules around that. Um, but, yet they, you know, I have found that even if they're watching things like YouTube Kids, for instance, which has content, which is kid-friendly, that doesn't necessarily mean that the video is going to be a calm viewing experience. Some of those kids' videos can be very um, chaotic and fast-moving. And, yeah, kids can throw tantrums when you try and stop them uh, because, you know, as you said before, their brain is is releasing dopamine um, as they watch it and they just hate when it's turned off so I found that it's rather than trying to kind of just keep them on YouTube kids or just on Netflix kids it's better to try and look for the programs which have these characteristics and help them to identify these programs and then either limit them or try and shuffle them onto to programs which are which are calmer. Yeah, I haven't seen YouTube Kids, but I, I presume that it's just videos with the, some of the um, offensive or adult content removed. It guarantees not to have certain types of content, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're healthy, healthy videos. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and you can get kids' nursery rhyme videos, which are spliced together or edited in such a way that they're actually just bombarding the children with, you know, sound, colour and movement. And it's it's very difficult yeah. for young children to stop watching those shows. I imagine that, uh, and, and well done, by the way, this is pretty useful stuff. I imagine that you would be able to use that for other things as well. Apps on um, phones when you get to that stage, for example. Yeah, absolutely. So recently, my, my boys and I had a discussion about Pokemon Go, which is a really popular app, you know, and I, I think, I don't know whether the game developers have changed it uh, in recent times, but if you open up the app now, you'll find that it just, as soon as you start playing the game, it's basically getting you to click on things constantly. Um, and, you know, my boys and I, we found that it was really difficult for them to stop playing that game. Um, and so when I talked through with them, we found that, yeah, all three of those characteristics, fast scene changes, fast shots, fast moving action, and the gamified sounds are all present on that app. And so we just had to put some, some rules in place with them. So they, they I get them to try and think how they want to problem solve that around using that game. And, you know, for different people's families, they might come to the conclusion that actually we don't need all of that hassle. We just don't want that game in the house, and I think that's completely fine. You know, there are various reasons for that. But for, for me and my boys, you know, I want to kind of prepare them for a world where they're going to be surrounded by content like this. And I, I just want to teach them from a really young age how to navigate this well. And I guess they've got used to the idea of mum pausing their video game or TV show partway through to give them a little chat about what's going on. Because <laughs> most people will probably be imagining their own children or grandchildren and thinking, man, they would not... Let me get away with that. Uh, well, I mean, I think, the, you know, the first few times I paused it and explained to them these things that we're looking for, yeah, they, they were a bit, um, they were annoyed at me for sure. 
but you know we've been doing this for a couple of years now. It's um, it's gotten easier and easier over time. They've and and I found that they're actually just gravitating towards I would say better content. There are some fantastic you know kids documentaries and shows out there which are just super interesting. I don't want them to miss out on on that kind of content either. Um, but yeah, it's this. I found that just being really transparent with them about how I judge the quality of a show. Um, means that we don't have as many arguments. Good stuff. Thank you for telling us about it. And um, I know you um, began sharing these thoughts as a Twitter thread, which is where I came across it. So thanks for expanding on it with us. Really appreciate your time today. Mm, Kia ora, Jessie. No worries. Dr. Jen Russell on how she tries to educate her own children, her own boys, on good and bad TV and what those makers of videos might be up to when they're putting those shows together.